welcome back to Write Damn It with me, Zoe Richards, your host. This is the podcast for writers of all kinds who maybe get stuck with your writing. This podcast will help you get unstuck and help re-motivate you so that you get the writing done. Episode 73 and we're carrying on with the writing reboot. Today is step three, but I'm also going to squeeze in step four as well because the two are linked. So step three is habits that help and step four is all about triggers and responses. And obviously when we have habits, we also have triggers and responses that will result in either us picking up a habit or avoiding a habit. So let's get into habits. But by the way, you might find episode 41 is also a useful episode to listen into alongside this one. And that one's all about habit stacking, which is a really interesting way of getting to understand how to introduce new habits into your life. So let's think about what habits are. Now, you might think that's a really odd question because you've got loads of habits. Of course, you know what habits are. So habit is an active way of us doing something and it's based on memory and chance, believe it or not. So a lot of our habits are built into us over a considerable period of time and some of those habits will be as a result of triggers. And let me give you an example. I used to smoke a long, long time ago. I then fancied this fella. I didn't think it would last very long. I thought I could give up smoking for two years, uh, two years, for two weeks or so. And here we are, 38 years or more later, and I've still given up smoking because I'm still with that lad. I mean, he's a bit of an old man now, but you get it. So what used to happen when I was a smoker? I'd do this thing where I'd be in certain situations, certain environments where I would always smoke. I was triggering a smoking response. And that would be things like if I went to a pub, I don't go in pubs these days anyway, but in those days, if I we're talking the 80s here, folks, it was also the days when you were allowed to smoke in pubs. So I would buy a drink, I'd go and sit down, I would get the fag packet out, I'd light up. And I would probably smoke, if I was out for a whole evening, I would probably smoke anywhere between three and six cigarettes because I had triggered the response. And yet I didn't smoke first thing in the morning when I got up. I had a friend who did that. So she'd wake up. The first thing she did would be to light up, have a cigarette as she went and made her first cup of coffee of the day. Her trigger was wake up, light a cigarette and smoke it. So we will all have those kind of things that we must do. My husband, every time, immediately he's finished eating, and I'm not saying this is the right thing to do, by the way, because it does have an impact. He immediately goes and cleans his teeth. The impact is our body actually needs to have saliva to do a little bit of the cleaning process itself and protection process before we clean our teeth. But there's no telling my husband. So his trigger is, I've finished eating a meal, I need to go and clean my teeth. And he will do that without fail every single time. Now, that's not uncommon. I don't mean the cleaning teeth bit, but the response bit, because all of us have a set of habits and these habits are built into our memory and we leave it to memory or to chance that we will act in a certain way. And then we come out with comments like, oh, well, you know, this is just the way I am. Yeah, it is the way you are. It's the way I am as well. If we're leaving things to memory and to chance. So what can we do about that? 
Well, what we need to do is set up our lives so we don't have to think about something. If you have a habit that you want to start and you're struggling to make it start. So let me just give you an example. Perhaps what you want to do is get into the habit of the 150 rule, which is episode two of the podcast. Or you might want to do the bestseller experiments, 200 words a day. The 150 rule is that you're only allowed to write 150 words. The bestseller experiments, 200 words a day. They have it that they've got a a word bank and you go and bank your 200 words a day every single day. And what they found is that the average number of words is, I think it's something like 680, 690 words a day. So a lot more than 200. But that's a habit. So let's say you want to start that habit. Now, at the moment, because you're likely to be leaving things to chance, to memory, if you don't remember to write in a particular day or you've left it to chance and actually you're exhausted now, you've not got time to be doing anything. Oh, actually, um, Stephanie Butland reminded a few of us from the writing retreat we went on last October about spoon theory. So if you are somebody who has energy issues, it's worth looking up spoon theory and you allow yourself a set number of spoons and that's your energy for the day so that you can see how you're doing with your energy use through the day. I've come across similar things in other contexts as well, but I hadn't realised that that was linked to spoon theory. So it's worth your while going and listening to that if energy is the thing that gets in your way. And I'm particularly thinking here for anybody who's got chronic fatigue, who's got ME, or like my husband has multiple sclerosis. With that, he has fatigue issues. So a a form of chronic fatigue. Once he's used up all his energy, he's nothing left in the tank. And so if you are somebody who experiences chronic fatigue, ME, something like that, you'll get that around you've used up your energy, you've nothing left in the tank, you can't find any more energy. So I'm not really talking about that kind of thing where a chronic illness prevents you from being able to do stuff, but it is helpful to even then be thinking about what is it that I can do within the constraints that I'm living in that enable me to, instead of leaving something to memory or chance, I'm doing things deliberately. And that's the thing with creating new habits or stopping an old habit. Do you remember that stuff? I I can't remember what it was called, but when we were kids, if you bit your nails, your mum would stick that disgusting thing on your nails. So when you went to bite them, you just got that horrible taste in your mouth. I don't know what it was called, but you know the stuff? Well, that's a deliberate act on behalf of our mums that they would do that, putting it on our nails to stop us from biting our nails. So it helped us to become conscious of what we're doing. So we can do that for ourselves. I'm not suggesting that you stick something horrible tasting onto any part of your anatomy to stop you from doing a habit that doesn't work for you. But, you know, we can do things in that deliberate and conscious way with our habits. So we need new routines that kind of force us to be able to be conscious of what we're doing. So that those new habits can then become part of our memory. And we need a way in which we can associate them with the environment that we're around. So remember what I was saying a moment ago about smoking, where I used to smoke in a specific environment. And, you know, that was a place where 
after I'd given up smoking, I either had to avoid it or I had to have an alternative. The alternative I chose was peanuts, which worked really well because I didn't want to eat that many peanuts until I went and worked for Planters Big D Factory, where I was the regional personnel officer, manager. can't remember exactly what my title was now. I had more than one factory. But um, at the Planters Big D Factory, I was in a situation where the quality assurance was that we could eat off the production line. And because I'd become slightly addicted to peanuts, (laughs) you can see where that one's going, can't you? I put on a bit of weight in that job. Not good. So, I want you to think about where you use or have used in the past that deliberate process and got something into your memory. A really good example is when you're learning something new. I'm learning to draw at the moment and to help me make sure that I am benefiting from the lessons I get once a week, I'm attempting to draw every single day. I don't quite make it every single day, but I'm doing five days out of the seven. I'm also attending a class on one of the days. So effectively, I'm just missing one day. So that's something that I'm repeating. I'm also looking at repeating, drawing the same kind of thing. That's helping me to form this repetitive, repetitive even, this repetitive process of getting a new habit into my psyche, into my memory, into the way I'm working. If you've ever learned a musical instrument or if you've ever learned to type, you know, touch typing on your keyboard, you, in that kind of scenario, you had to practice. So you didn't, you know, if you, let's say a guitar, that's the easiest one. Guitar or ukulele. Ukuleles seem to be popular these days, don't they? So if you pick one of those up, you can't play it perfectly straight off. You have to practice. And once you get a little bit better and you get a piece of music and you're stumbling over a phrase in the music, you have to keep on going over and over and over that phrase. Believe me, I know this at the moment because I am really struggling with a piece on my guitar cannot get it right at all. And now I've got the earworm of the piece of music, just that phrase, because I am doing so much repetition. But my fingers are now creating the habit. And I started the repetition slowly and for a short time. I then started to build up the time that I was doing the repetition. So I was doing it for slightly longer. And then the next thing I did was build up the speed of the repetition so that I could get better And this morning, folks, I did do just a little bit of playing the whole piece at its proper speed and managed to get the fingering almost right. So that process of repetition helps you to be able to get your brain into that. I know what the routine is. I know how to do this. Now, what happens is our brain finds the fastest route to a solution. So we've got loads of solutions in our heads. You know loads of this stuff already about how to create a better habit. You know how you've lost weight when you've done it. You know how you've changed your diet when you've done it. You know how you've stopped eating a certain thing or stopped you know, doing a certain thing. You know how you've done it. You've broken the cycle. But what happens is our brain doesn't always copy that process because it's already got fastest routes to something. So if you've told yourself that you're going to write for 10 minutes a day and you've still not managed that so far in this year, and then you find yourself scrolling on the phone and looking at social media sites, what's happening is your brain has found that fastest route to a repetition, to a process, to a habit that it can find. And because at that time of day, you always go to your phone, 
that's the fastest route to a solution for your brain. So you now need to find a new consistent relationship between the information you're putting into your brain and the environment and the behavior you want to create. It's called consistent consistency mapping. So what you're doing is doing a consistent process of repetition to achieve a new practice, a new habit. And by repeating it often enough, you will then eventually get a habit that in, I don't know, four months, six months, a year's time, you kind of can't remember the old way that you used to do it. And that's because your brain has found the new fastest route. I've got to tell you, marketeers know this inside out. They don't always sell us the product. They sell us a fastest route to something. So they show us how something's going to make our lives a lot easier. And because it's going to be easier, we pick up on it. So the next thing to think about is how you can become aware of the habits that you've got that prevent you from doing the habit that you want to do. Okay, so I'll say that again, that what you need to be doing next is become aware of the habits you've got that prevent you from doing the habits you want to be doing. So over the next week, I want you to pay attention to what you do and when you do it. Pick a habit, be that a habit you want to introduce or a habit that's intervening. So that might be a habit you want to do less or a habit you want to get rid of completely. Let's use scrolling on social media as a good one because I think most people do that. And it's not necessarily that you want to stop it altogether, but you do want to reduce the amount you're scrolling so that you can allow yourself 10 minutes writing time. So over the next week, notice when is it that you are scrolling? And it's doom scrolling a lot of the time, isn't it? just notice this isn't asking you to stop doing. All I want you to do is be aware of when am I doing that? What environment am I in? What's going on around me at that time? Now, I've developed a really bad habit around this. I wake up most nights around about half past three in the morning. It's way too early for me to get up. And so what I do is I pick my phone up off the side table by my bed and I start going on to social media and scrolling. And I've developed that into a habit. So this week I've been saying to myself, let's simply be aware of what we're doing. Now, interestingly, through the awareness side of it, last night I woke up normal time. I went to go for my phone and I thought, actually, I don't need to do that. Let's just lie awake and see what happens. The next thing I knew, it was morning, it was time for me to get up. It it was a bit earlier than the alarm going off, but it was still the kind of time that I'm comfortable getting up in the morning if I'm awake then. And it meant I wasn't as awake for as long as I normally am when I've woken up at half three. I actually couldn't tell you how long I was awake last night. So clearly just that being aware made a small change in a habit for me. I don't know what that's going to change in the rest of my life yet. Let's see how I feel when I've had better sleep, because I'm sure it's going to help me in some way. So if you can't start off straight away, so perhaps you're driving home at the moment or in the the middle of making the tea or something like that, and you can't start thinking about how is that habit presenting itself to you now, what you can do is think about yesterday. So what happened yesterday 
when you went for a habit or when you avoided the new habit that you want to introduce, what happened during yesterday that meant that you didn't try and do a bit of repetition on that new habit. By the way, if you are ADHD and you get distracted, you might find that if you're trying to introduce a new habit, that being in a coffee shop, um, having music playing around you, being anywhere where there's lots of noise, you are probably going to struggle with this process and you are probably going to struggle with introducing a new habit. Be aware of that. So give yourself some spaces where you can introduce your own forms of your own personal distraction that allows you to keep focus. Because I know for a lot of people with ADHD, you found your own form of finding focus through your own versions of distraction. So work with that for yourself. But what I'm suggesting here is that you just get this sense of where did you do the habit? When did you do the habit? Think about what was happening around you as you were doing that habit as well. But I think you'll find it helpful to think about what happened just before. And this is where we get into triggers and responses. Because when you're aware of what happened just before you were triggered, it will help you understand the situations where the fastest route for your brain to go to pick up a habit is an old and established habit. So be aware as you're starting to keep this habit diary, this this awareness of what's going on with your habits, be aware of what happens just before. And then you'll notice those triggers and responses, your go-to response as a result of the trigger. An example for that, my mum seems to know every single one of my buttons. And when I was caring for her full time, well, when I say full time, I was working full time. And the hours I had outside of that, I was then caring for my mum and she didn't have any other carers. So I was her sole carer. And when she was having particularly bad times, she would always press my buttons. I would then come home and I would be ranting and shouting and I'd be really angry, not with my husband, but to him. And it then set a bad atmosphere for us at home. What I found really helped once I noticed the trigger and my response was that all I needed to do was listen to an audible book on the walk home from my mum's flat to our house. So it was around about a 10 minute walk. And in that 10 minutes of listening to an audio book, my mood was back set in a good state. I was back in a good place for me. So that was me being able to understand what's the trigger, things that my mum's saying to me. What's my response? I get angry. And from being angry, I then get home and I stir it all up at home. And I might snap at my husband because he has not put something away in the right place, which is something or nothing. And really, he doesn't need to be shouted at for that. And so just listening to an audible book helped to change that. So there you go. I want you to keep it quite simple with this and be aware of your habits. Do that process of when and where you did it, what was happening around you, what happened just before, and that will help you to understand your triggers and responses. From there, you can start getting into the habit stacking that you'll have heard on episode 41. If you've not listened to that, as I say, I think you will find that will be a really good one for you to do. In future episodes, we will get on to more about habits because there's so much juicy stuff stuff we can learn about our habits and about ourselves. But if you want a book to go to that will help you, it's worth reading James Clear, Atomic Habits. 
So it's James Clear, Atomic Habits. It's a fabulous, simple book. It's simple as in it's got easy stuff that we can pick up from there. But actually, it's be- it's got a lot of research behind it. So it's um, it's simple, but it's really complex as well in terms of it's it's got that complicated stuff hidden within its simplicity. So, OK, I will leave you to it for now. Have some fun playing around with your habits this coming week. I hope you will have a play around with a habit of writing if you're currently struggling to write and that you can find a way to disrupt any old habits that are going on for you. So happy writing. May the words, as usual, flow for you. And I will see you on the next episode. 